Well, hello out there, planet Earth, and happy Friday. It is a gloomy Friday the 13th here in the Northeast, but have no fear. I'm here to spread some good cheer with my special guest. It's Friday, and it's always Friday with me, Stephen Fry, your SMB guy. ICYMI, or in case you missed it, SMB stands for Small and Medium-Sized Business. For the last 20 years, I've been a consultant for SMBs, a voice and a sounding board for business leaders and their employees, advocating on their behalf whenever I can. I believe very strongly in sharing stories, providing perspective, and creating connection. So every single Friday, you can find me right here on talkradio.myc doing just that, lending what's left of my mind and my voice to this radio show, where I interview SMB leaders and their trusted advisors. One thing that I've noticed over the years, everyone, some of the best thought leadership for SMBs actually happens on Friday, just about the time we can all taste that freedom of the weekend coming. However, we're so anxious to start the weekend. I'm going out to dinner tonight. I'm excited. These crucial pearls of wisdom. They're often overlooked. They're forgotten in favor of our fun weekend activities and our freedom from work. Here on the show, we take advantage of that weekend freedom and clarity, and we discuss popular topics that are on the minds of SMB leaders and their trusted advisors. Once again, the name of the show, not just to play on words, my last name means free in German, so it's not an accident, it's not just a play on words, it is Friday, but there is some deeper meaning. Friday the 13th, always relatable to the horror movie, it's, it's something that everybody thinks of, the guy in the hockey mask, mass murderer. Biggest thing that scared my family this week was I made dinner a few times, and although I'm not an experienced chef... I do enjoy experimenting with cooking lately, and I did fairly well. I'm not gonna, I'm giving myself a little bit of a pat on the back. I didn't poison anybody. Everyone enjoyed it. It's always harder to prepare for the wife and the kids than myself. If you give me just some of the major categories of tasty brown liquor, I might be just totally satisfied. Speaking of which, I read an article this week that spoke about 10 benefits, including health benefits for regular bourbon drinkers. Although it came from GoBourbon.com under a publication called The Bourbon Review, so the credibility might be slightly suspect. But one benefit that I didn't, they didn't mention, I didn't see in there, is that it may actually help ease the pain of our topic of discussion today, which is all about leadership transitions in SMBs. It's Friday the 13th. And the topic of discussion is one that can frighten the SMB owners and their employees, just like Jason Voorhees. The idea of a change in leadership. Anytime there's a change in leadership, a transition, it creates a certain level of uncertainty, right? Will the new leader uncover and work on the opportunities that will profit the business the most? Will they assemble the right team of folks that can really help the cause? Will the changes be sustainable? Will it be short-lived? Will a worthy successor be developed? Or will it just be a family member that doesn't really care? These questions boil down to one big topic. Will the leader and the company be successful? Hardly anything that happens at a company is more important than a high-level ownership, management, executive type of transition. By the nature of what you're dealing with, a new leader, their action or inaction or indifference or whatever it is, it will significantly influence the course of the business, whether it's good or bad. In spite of these high stakes, most of the SMBs I've seen, if they're going to go through a transition, they're typically underprepared and undersupported. Well, our special guest today is one who helps prepare and support these leaders during those times of transition. Talk is cheap. We're on the radio here. We don't want it to just be talk. The goal here is let's use the insight on the business landscape and create more impact on Monday. It is far too often out there. I see businesses and their leaders focused on products that, that are going to solve all of their problems. The shiny new mousetrap, the magic wand, even their own business looked at as a product and an asset that they've built over time. One consistent thing that I see out there is products change every single day in everything that we do. There's no substitute for surrounding yourself with the right people first. We all started as people keeping a focus on a good, tangible process to help you get where you're going. You do that, the right products will be there. They might change during the process 40 times, but they will be presented when needed. Everything begins and ends with the people. So you have to surround yourself with the right people. I know I sure as hell did that for this topic today. Our special guest is none other than Jane Halford, founder of Halford Consulting in sunny Alberta, Canada. So Jane again, helps business owners, executives, and boards 
Survive, Then Thrive When They Change Leadership. By leveraging her experience as a CEO, a board member, an entrepreneur, and a CPA, Jane brings a breadth of experience to the work that she does. Leadership transition has to be a team sport. It can't just be about one person for sure. Jane's passion is to empower the teams to proactively plan and share the insight and knowledge with the new leader or leadership team. In addition to her business, Jane is an active member, board member for small, medium, and large companies and a nonprofit organization that focuses on making the world inclusive for persons with disabilities. Jane has some fun alphabet soup after her name. She is an FCA, a fellow chartered accountant, which really is a designation given to associate chartered accountants after they have uh, fulfilled duties for a certain period of time with greater experience and knowledge in the sector. She's also an ICD.D through the Institute of Corporate Directors. And in the current evolving business and governance landscape, this type of designation helps leaders be better at what they do, ultimately by creating better boards and better businesses. Some interests you wouldn't expect that she has. She likes to help on her partner's Angus cattle and beef operation. In her spare time, she enjoys sailing, tennis, skiing, and walking the dog. Her, she has a new passion and interest, uh, uh, which is voice training, which I definitely want to hear about. She, uh, she claims that she does not watch many movies, and the TV she does watch is very embarrassing, documentaries and reality TV, but I still asked her my magic questions, and she had answers. She's awesome. She is the ideal person and likely the most qualified person to speak about this topic today. Joining us in the basement studio from our friendly neighbor to the north likely with much better ski conditions than i have here on the east coast jane welcome to always friday a great pleasure to have you in my virtual world thank you so much steve and i'm looking forward to it and happy friday the 13th i'm hoping we can change this from a day of superstition to a day of success for your listeners so really happy to be here this topic hits home for me so much, Jane, because I regularly consult with SMBs who are going through some type of leadership transition, and they'll often wait until something horrific happens. And reality is, you, you don't need to wait until there's a maniac in a mask showing up on your doorstep with a machete in their hand. So I love your focus. Tell us a little bit about how you got, got where you are today. Give us the founder's journey. I started my career as a CPA in a private or public practice, and I served owner managed clients, love the clients. Absolutely. And that's why I'm still really passionate about working with businesses today. Nine years into that journey, the firm I was working with was taking a bit of a change in direction. So what does an accountant do for a second career? Well, I chose to become a regulator of accountants. Now, at the time, I really believed that I was going to be the friendly regulator and make a big difference in the world. In hindsight, maybe nobody likes the regulator. However, it did give me a great opportunity because I became a CEO at 33. I was two levels below the CEO. And so I had this massive step up into the role. I was a female in a male-dominated profession. Suddenly, I had a public image and a national presence, and I didn't know how to do any of it. And so like the only thing I knew how to do was to turn to my board and say, what do you expect? And they're great people. Absolutely. But their answer was basically do whatever your predecessor would have done. <laughs> I, I liked the guy. He was great, um, but I didn't report to him. And suddenly I had to find my own way. And then you roll the clock forward seven years, a whole bunch of complex things, different board members, but also board dysfunction and I gave them 90 days notice and I'm going to go on do something else in my career and they didn't let me tell anybody so for 10 days prior to my last day I finally was able to say to the person taking over my CEO job hey this is what I think you should do <laughs> so I left her in as much as a mess as I arrived and I felt terrible about it so once I broke free, and interestingly, it's almost 10 years to the day, Steve, that I left that job. So heck, this is an awesome anniversary celebration to talk Love about it. it. Love it. But I was trying to figure out what to do next. I didn't really want to be an accountant. And then I had this kind of failure, I think, as an, an exit from a CEO. And I started studying CEO transition, just trying to figure out if I was normal. And I love this statistic. It's proven across 15 years of research across North America that 40% of CEOs fail in the first 15 to 18 months on the job. That means they get terminated or they leave. And that was yep. before the pandemic. 
Yeah. So I thought, well, I have kind of the failure type things in my exit. So what I wonder if I could build a solution. And I think the final thing to cap off my journey was that I've been a board member for about 20 years. I've seen leadership transitions from the board's lens. And you know what I did? Nothing because I had no tools. And so that's part of my mission is to help board members understand that even small things matter. And I hope that we can close the session today with some top tips. So, you know, the tools is great and you have so many of them, you know, you have a whole resources section of your website, online materials and all that. And, you know, permit me, I, I use this analogy all the time. I've said it in multiple interviews and it, it might drive some people crazy. I don't care. I love it. You know, it's real easy with our access to information to get a map and a compass to find your way through the wilderness. When you're talking about you know, succession planning, exit planning, leadership transition, whatever. These are serious, serious topics that have a massive impact. And if you just kind of, you know, call an audible for it, eyeball it, you know, just do it, but you know, fly by the seat of your pants, build the plane in the air, you're very likely to not have a successful outcome. And that's where you need a guide through the wilderness, not a map and a compass. Is that how you feel like your position kind of is these days? Your business owners that are listing right now, they plan everything else, whether that's their sales or their manufacturing strategy, but they don't plan the transition, which was one of the most important parts. So if we take what they know how to do and we apply it to this, they'll be successful. I can't wait to hear more. We are going to take a quick break. We will, we will be right back with Jane Halford, founder of Halford Consulting in Alberta, Canada. Stay with us. Are you a business owner? Do you want to be a business owner? Do you work with business owners? Hi, I'm Stephen Fry, your small and medium-sized business or SMB guy, and I'm the host of the new show, Always Friday. While I love to have fun on my show, we take those Friday feelings of freedom and clarity to discuss popular topics on the minds of SMBs today. Please join me and my various special guests on Friday at 11 a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your conscious consultant. And on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. Are you on edge? Hey, we live in challenging, edgy times, so let's lean in. I'm Sandra Bargeman, the host of The Edge of Every Day, which airs each Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. Tune in live with me and my friends and colleagues as we share stories and perspectives about pushing boundaries and exploring our rough edges. That's The Edge of Every Day on Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. Welcome back, everybody. It's Friday. It's always Friday. And it's me, Stephen Fry, your SMB guy. Not just me, though. We're chatting with my friend from our neighbor to the north, Jane Halford, founder at Halford Consulting, coach, strategist, advisor, however you want to call it, to leaders in transition. Big topic of discussion, something that a lot of times SMB owners do not plan for. They just wait till the day they want to hang it up. Definitely not the, the way to do it. So if we can for just a moment on this gloomy, frightening Friday the 13th, I do like to sit out by my fire pit for just a moment and give a quick perspective on the situation. You know, this is a big combination of personal and business life when you get into a topic like this, because it just affects everybody. And as individuals, people want to educate their children, they want to pay their taxes, and they want to retire. 
and you have those two big guarantees in life that everyone always talks about. You have to pay taxes and you have to die. Well, you don't want Jason Voorhees from some horror movie showing up at your door and giving you some type of ultimatum on how everything is going to end. These individual types of desires, they weigh very heavy in the SMB world. There's been a lack of education for business owners who ultimately want to transition out or retire, along with a lack of education for their employees. If the transition is not planned appropriately, there can also be massive tax consequences for the SMB owner. And that's why you see a lot of CPAs these days you know, starting a business advisory part of their practice, typically with a big part of it on succession planning and mergers and acquisitions. Buddy of mine, John McIntyre, is a CPA that specializes in just that. I remember one of his transactions where a client would have had a $7 million tax bill if they did the transition on a whim and you know, last minute just when they felt like it. But since they had valuable advice going back at least three years before the transition actually happened. They planned everything out. They were able to save about $3 million in liabilities. That's extremely significant and can make a big difference in somebody's retirement. Ideally, you want the transition around retiring to be on your terms than to be retired on someone else's terms, especially Jason Voorhees. That's never a way to go. But many SMBs I've worked with over the years, they consider their business to be the retirement and transition plan just by selling it as a product or an asset that they've created. They create the liquidity to do everything else they want in life. Well, with the right partners advising you, such as my friend Jane Halford, who's no stranger to being in the spotlight and on interviews and all of that, you will win the day. You can get educated without having to do the re all of the research yourself. You could save money in taxes. It's not how much you make. It's how much you keep. You can transition to retirement with a higher degree of success. So, Jane, this is the method part of the show, the science behind what you do. With your resume, there's no way we're going to teach everybody all the stuff that you know. But we definitely want to hear more about exactly what you're doing, how you're doing it, and how you're going to market for it. So you got to lay it on us. <laughs> Thank you so much. You know, if you think about the typical person that's leaving any of the businesses that are listening today, whether it's the owner, a CEO, a key employee, they've got probably decades, maybe many decades of knowledge to pass forward. So I think that if we think about that, how do we get that exiting person to start talking? One of the most interesting things in my work is that most high performing leaders don't think they have anything special to leave behind. <laughs> and so from a basic point of view, we just need them to get talking. What's their secret sauce? That might be how they do their work. It might be who they talk to to get advice. We just need to get them talking. So I would say put in front of whoever that is, and maybe it's you if you're listening, what's the project plan to get what's in your mind into somebody else's mind? Or if you get super keen, document it and think about it as a project. Because if we think about that, it kind of normalizes it. It makes it not so personal because like you said earlier, Steve, these are humans and humans don't want to think about their departure, whether that's leaving the building or leaving the world. And this is one of those sensitive topics. So start with talking. Yeah, I mean, it's if we can't talk and we can't tell stories and share experiences, what the hell do we have anymore? It's I really don't understand. Absolutely. And one of the pieces that I love to challenge people to think about, and this is one for how about you put this in your diary for next week when you wonder what happened on Friday and you can take action on Monday, schedule 15 minutes for yourself or with your key employees and say, if I only had 10 days to turn over my leadership role, just like I had in 2013, what would I say? Who would I say it to? And what would I hand over? That could be anything from passwords to key contacts to know-how, but if you give yourself 15 minutes to document that, it will make it so much easier because you'll start to realize that you, you don't have 10 days to hand it over. You might have three years to plan this. You might have six months, but it would be better to start with that 15 minutes of, of brainstorming than to have nothing. And of course, if Jason comes and whacks you off tonight. At least you would have something to go from if you're the survivor. So either way, emergency or plan, take 15 minutes next week and, and write down some of those thoughts. It's almost like when I'm telling my kids to clean their disaster of a playroom that they have that looks like a tornado hit it or the Tasmanian devil came to hang out with them one day. It's like, you know what? Just give me 10 minutes of cleanup. 
10 minutes. Like you guys can get this thing into something presentable where you could find everything in 10 minutes. So here's the timer. Or usually I'll ask Alexa to do it for me just because that's how they listen to anything these days. But here's the 10 minute timer. Go. And like it's the same, same kind of thing of, of taking stock of, of your house when you're, when you're running an SMB. Absolutely. And the things that create failures for the person that's coming in behind you are not the technical side. People get hired because they've got great resumes, great experience, but what they fail on, according to research, and I know you have some of these resources in the show notes, is how does the organization work? What's the culture here? You know, how do how does the business model work? Who are our alliances and partners? That's kind of the unspoken rules, the way things are done here. And those are the pieces that we don't pay it forward. So let's pay forward that knowledge. And, and whether it's a conversation, even you could just audio record yourself and leave it behind as like, you know, an audio from the grave, but, but pass it forward. That's the key. I like that you said pay it forward because my guest next week is actually the CEO of Pay It Forward Processing, Renee Van Heel. So we'll talk about that later. Right now, back to Jane. So, you know, you, it, not just you, the folks who work with you, for you, et cetera, if you're the owner, let's talk a little bit about the online courses that you do and the virtual community that you've put together. So when you say online courses, I know you have a lot of content. I know you do speaking engagements and all that. But when you talk about successful transitions, and I know this because I'm consulting on, on one now, it's to do things and make sure you maximize the tax ramifications. Like I said, with my CPA, like things like that, there's a lot of new ground to cover. If you've been a CPA practicing for 20, 30 years and you don't take CPE credits around this type of topic, you might not be best equipped to help clients or prospects with the leadership transition. So tell us a little bit about the online courses and are any of them uh, eligible for CPE credits, continuing professional education? Absolutely. I designed the courses because, of course, like the pandemic affected all of our businesses and there were still transitions going on. I kept thinking about busy entrepreneurs, business owners, leaders and board members and saying, how can I help them? So I, I have some pre-recorded courses, but they're all 10 minute segments because I can't pay attention for more than 10 minutes. So, so why don't we do these small segments? You can take them on your phone with you when you walk the dog and just listen to it. Because going back to your comment about valuation and taxes, of course, every business owner wants to sell for the maximum value. But if part of that value is the goodwill, you have to leave the goodwill behind. And so if you're exiting and everything is built around you as the owner of the brand, how do we transition that so that you can actually show whoever's buying your practice or your company that that's actually transitioned to the new leadership group? And without that, it's going to affect your pocketbook. So that's part of the motivation is to maximize the value and to demonstrate that over the long run past your leadership. It's also to dispel certain myths, too. I mean, there's I don't want to get into a crazy conversation on valuation methodology because there's a whole bunch of different ways of doing that. But a lot of times business owner just has a number in their head. And sometimes that number is predicated on all kinds of crazy things, including what might happen in the future. And that one always gets me because I'm just like, well, if you're talking to someone about buying your business and a change in leadership and you're talking about the future prospects of the business, that's cool. But the future prospects are the risk that the buyer is taking on, not an asset that you're selling them. So stuff like that always kind of blows my mind. But when you have somebody like yourself who you can really get a tangible discussion going around all of this. It's very valuable. And that takes me to the virtual community side because you're in Alberta, Canada. I'm in Manalapan, New Jersey. There's no way I would have met you without some of my virtual networking initiatives. And I'm really glad that I did. So tell us about the virtual community and the and you know how it relates to the online courses and all of that. Well, how easy is it for all of us to get together on Zoom? So that was really the the inspiration is to say that if we can bridge time zones, even around the world, let's do that and get like-minded people together. So I like to gather folks that are going through this and whether it's the leaders themselves or the people that surround that leader, it could be the chief of staff. It could be the spouse of the leader. It really doesn't matter who it is. No. But if somebody's going to take the leadership on this project, let's get them together and talk about that. So really just trying to normalize this transition, because like you said, it is very scary. It's intimidating. 
and people feel frozen. And so we want to unlock their potential there. So I like that you said the spouse of you know, operating partners, owners, et cetera, which if you get into tax you know, ramifications, sometimes they're just considered owners anyway by attribution. But, you know, let's let's go into the the world of custom needs and speaking engagements. So even just recently, I, I dealt with a client that like he's another type of SMB guy, which I love. He's a, a trader by 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 history, like a Wall Street guy, but got into the idea of owning his own small, medium sized businesses locally and owning all the real estate associated with him. So he is all over the place and great guy, great head on his shoulders. Very exciting. But you know, a lot of the work that I'm doing with him has to be done through not only some of the folks that are in the respective offices, but through his wife as well, because she's the one for the last 15 years of marriage or so that's kept him straight no matter what, but she's the one who's also keeping him straight with all his business initiatives. So give us, before we jump to break here, you know, cause this does delve into the madness a little bit, you know, speaking engagements. I know you can speak. I know you, ha- you can do a great interview because we're in one right now, but some of the, the customization needs, what people start have started asking you more about to really cater to this world. Give us a little bit of insight on that. Some of the business owners really just want the privacy of a one-on-one conversation. How am I going to do this? And how am I going to navigate this? You think for some owners, they have their name on the door and it's going to stay on the door after they leave. So how do they navigate that? Or what if they're handing it over to children and their family that they're worried about? I'm the only one they can talk to and be honest about it. So we can kind of broker that conversation and help them get to the real issues so they can leave proud and confident that the business is going to carry on and that their legacy will carry on. And sometimes that might involve making you the bad guy, which I'm going to go out on a limb here. I feel like you welcome that opportunity. I feel like I can help in that way and take the pressure off of the system because I can have different conversations with different people and help them see how they're really in this together, even if they feel like they're on opposing sides at any given day. It's similar when, you know, you hire an attorney to defend a you know, particular position or to blame everything on, really. It's like, yeah, just blame, it's all my attorney's fault. Just have them quarterback everything. But you know, same thing with a business advisor, CPA person who's, you know, a lot of times looking out for the tax side of things, but someone who can really help with all facets. It's just a, a little bit more holistic of a look and every situation that you that you have is going to be different no matter what when you're doing a leadership transition so the fact that you can deal with some of the custom needs and custom tailoring of the suit that will undoubtedly need to be done out there is very exciting but it also undoubtedly leads to a sizable amount of madness which is what we're going to get into when we come back from this break with my friend from our neighbor to the north jane halford founder at halford consulting stay with us everyone passionate about the conversation around racism? Hi, I'm Reverend Dr. TLC, host of the Dismantle Racism Show, which airs every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. Join me and my amazing guests as we discuss ways to uncover, dismantle, and eradicate racism. That's Thursdays at 11 o'clock a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Are you a small business trying to navigate the COVID-19 related employment laws? Hello, I'm Eric Sauver, employment law business law attorney and host of the new radio show, Employment Law Today. On my show, we'll have guests to discuss the common employment law challenges business owners are facing during these trying times. Tune in on Tuesday evenings from 5 p.m. to 6 p.m. Eastern time on talkradio.nyc. Hey everybody, it's Tommy D, the nonprofit sector connector coming at you from my attic. Each week here on talkradio.nyc, I host a program, Philanthropy and Focus. Nonprofits impact us each and every day, and it's my focus to help them amplify their message and tell their story. Listen each week at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time until 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day.
Welcome back to Always Friday with me, Stephen Fry, your SMB guy. We are chatting with Jane Halford, founder of Halford Consulting, based out of Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. I really hope you guys are listening because this is a big topic. It's bigger now more than ever following the pandemic. It was big beforehand, just with the change of generational workers that was happening. And then it really got kicked into high gear when the pandemic happened. Leadership transition is a common thing. It happens all the time. Companies merge with other companies. There's a lot of you know, aggregation of resources going on out there, a lot of consolidation in, in a lot of industries. So you need somebody like Jane by your side, and that's what we're here to talk about. But we're also here to talk about some of the madness that Jane sees in her travels. So Jane, madness part of the show, the artistic observational viewpoints, the stories that you have from the field, anything goes, no subject to taboo. We're excited to hear about it because I know that you have been party to a lot of madness in your day. And just to kick it off, not just leadership transition, the other big topic of conversation you have in your collateral is governance transition. And you spoke a little bit about being a regulator in the beginning and a, more of a compliance person and thought you could be the, the, the friendly ghost of that and you know, really help people out. But you know, nobody looks at it that way. They always look at it as the cops and the authorities. So, but a lot of times governance and how things are run and managed and everything, it's, it definitely leads to a big piece of madness with this, not the least of which is transition should be so, sort of like a project plan. And a lot of folks just in general don't operate that way. But enough of me rambling on. Let's hear about some of the madness. Give us a taste of your world. Well, maybe I'll go into a bit more of a serious situation, which I faced. And it's not one that I'm particularly proud of, but I think it's important for people to understand what's behind my passion here. And it was about 15 years ago, and I was on the board and I was sitting in a room in Toronto, Canada, and following along with the, the CEO's report. And then somebody said, are you okay? And then I looked up and it was, are you okay? And I looked two seats to my left and our CEO was slumped over in his chair. And so our chair had become the first responder, the paramedics were called and our CEO was taken away by ambulance in about 10 minutes. But sadly, by the time I got back home that night, he had passed away of a massive stroke. Wow. And so I don't wanna share that just because of the drama, but I'm just one human sitting in a boardroom and having my CEO die almost in front of you. And you know what I did to help my board chair? Nothing, nothing, because I had no tools. And so I've always regretted what I didn't do in that scenario. So even by listening to today or by looking at a few resources next week in your 15 minutes, when crisis happens, you're one of the people that might be able to say, here's an idea. Why don't we try this? Because in that moment of crisis, which of course I hope your listeners don't face, that somebody to give a light and a next step is really important. And, and that's where I go back to the spouse. I know once I was teaching with a group and the guy stopped me at the break and said, I realized that if I died, my spouse has to run this business. She doesn't even barely know where the office is. And I need to phone some friends and say, if I die, call my spouse and say, you're going to step in on the business for me until I can find a plan. And that's the kind of reality that our owners don't think about. And so we want to make sure that we're dealing with these issues in a really purposeful planned way, because we hope they all retire, happy retirement, golf and grandchildren, whatever that looks for people. But if something unexpected happens, let's make sure we're ready for it. So that's a, a tough story to share, but I think it is part of the reality of being a, a, an SMB. You got to be ready for all kinds of crisis, including your key employees. So it may not be you that has an unexpected exit. It could be somebody else that you're highly reliant on. So what's the plan for them? Well, one of my secret desires, Jane, has always been to be a game show host, not just because, of, you know, like, I like a little bit of cheesiness here and there, like not just be, you know, the cheesy way that you remember them, but I like to have fun. I like to test wits and everything. And hearing what you just said, you know, thinking of who wants to be a millionaire and the lifelines out there, it's like phone a friend is one of the lifelines. And in serious situations where I've had a board interviewing a prospective you know, client of mine that's that's a software solution and it could be the go-to solution for the entire huge company and millions of dollars. That was kind of their answer. It's like, I have a lifeline to a phone a friend who can, who can help me put together anything that you need. He used to work for NASA. It's like, 
Who the hell cares if you used to work for NASA? That's not a plan. That's a lifeline. That's like a last minute. Oh, crap. I, I, I need help picking up the kids because I'm not going to be home in time. That's not a way to transition a business. Absolutely. And I think when the owners face their own resistance, and, and it's because they, they don't want to feel like they're irrelevant anymore. Working with a bunch of people going into career retirement, they might have the ideal like vacation plans and things like that. And then they think beyond two months and they feel like they're they're essentially dead to the world. Nobody's going to want to talk to them. They have no influence. They have no title. They're not going to get invited out to anything anymore. And they don't have a plan for what else they're going to do that adds purpose. So what they do at their business is they shut down and go, well, I'm not going to plan for my exit. I don't want to talk about it. It is not real for me. And it's going to take somebody else in the organization to say, hey, Steve, you're leaving. I want to learn from you. And let's create some value while you're here and mentor me, share your insights and create some excitement about it because the business owner or the key employee that's going into retirement, they are in total denial. And and I would say one other fun thing for folks to watch for, if somebody's actually declared their retirement, um, there's going to be some strange behavior that happens a couple of weeks or a couple of months before their final day. Oh yeah. And it's because they're going through the loss and grieving. And, and I've seen everything. I saw a really macho CEO walking around with a Kleenex box because he couldn't stop crying. He even cried during the final audit committee meeting. So, so you never know what's going to hit people. I had some other client. He was this lovely, quiet spoken, grandfatherly fellow. He told me he started throwing golf clubs at the golf course one day so he's just so frustrated that that his career was ending. So when you spot those very strange behaviors, that's loss and grieving. And we just need to keep moving forward. But just understand, this is a human that's going through a loss. And the team may also be going through a loss because if this is a beloved leader, they don't want to say goodbye to their friend either. Let's talk about the flip side of that, too, because I'm, I'm big on the retirement side. It's a big discussion in my travels and in my career. But let's go to the other side of transition where somebody, you know, maybe due to some poor business decisions might have to sell their business, you know, for liquidity and to take care of debts and obligations or family obligations or anything like that. And they're not at the end of their road just yet. But just the sheer blow to the ego of how certain leadership transitions can be quarterbacked they can't tolerate it almost like it's just does, does not compute where when i talk to somebody who owns a labor intensive business where they feel like all of the business and the asset is their blood sweat and tears that they've not only put in over the years but that they still put in every day they don't think about the fact where it's like well you can do that and get the liquidity event but if you want to negotiate a three-year contract where you are still a leader of the business and the face of the business and then you take a a backseat to the new owner of the business. You can still be compensated. You could still build your brand a little bit in preparation for when you inevitably go back out and, and, you know, do your own type of venture again. It's, it's just that feeling. You know, maybe it is the, the loss type of feeling of it's like they're losing it and they're never going to get it back. It might just be a temporary fix, a means to an end. And they right? have to recover and bounce back because they're going to go do something else in their career. So how can they close this well so that they can actually take a pause and go back into the world and do something else, whether that's as an employee or start a new business? So ending well will actually set them up for future success. There are so many different aspects to transition and what, what contributes to success and what makes something unsuccessful. But I, I saw this graphic out there. It was from a, a, a blog, in a, like a very serious-looking study. I, uh, it was from a company called CEB, I believe. And again, very, very simple. I don't want to go too far into the weeds with this discussion, although I'll be very candid. The, the deeper I've gotten into leadership transition and M&A and exit planning and succession planning – Oh my God, there are a lot of designations, a lot of topics of discussion, and a lot of details that if you try to go out and find them all on your own as somebody who's not experienced in the space, it's almost like, you know, a, 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 and when you're talking about an attorney, like a, 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 somebody who represents themselves as a fool for a client type of thing, that's you, you almost need that impartial viewpoint and somebody who's really experienced in this type of leadership and governance training. But the infographic was really simple. It talked about the idea of, of successful transitioning. And, you know, that's what Jane and Halford Consulting promote. 
And pure and simple, it's like your productivity goals, immediate or over the next three years, five years, 10 years, whatever you're looking at, they have a 90% chance of being accomplished if you do this successfully and well thought out with years of planning. And there's a chance of more more engagement. There's less chance of attrition. It'll be like the, the, the the risks of it are minimal. Versus, you know, unsuccessfully trying to do it on your own. And I see this a lot with people that just work up until one day and they go, I'm ready to hang it up. Who wants my business? It's like there's a lot of lot of things that that go awry with that. You know, I I focus a lot of times on small, medium sized business benefit plans, retirement plans, employee health insurance, all of that. You know, it's yeah, business. If they have the lights on, they should have a retirement plan in place. You know, the business should not be the only retirement plan. But when you're talking about real transition and potential M and A and all of that, if it's unsuccessful. Your engagement will go down, your productivity will go down, and if you don't onboard and train people appropriately where they get the vision and the message of everything, you're going to have crazy high attrition. Is that what you've seen out there? Absolutely, and I think your listeners probably are really driven, you know, foot on the gas kind of people. And so why don't you think about transition as how do we put foot on the gas and drive the momentum of our business through it as opposed to foot on the brake? or foot off the gas and off the brake and just sit nowhere. So I would say accelerate through the transition, don't slow down. When you talk about leadership transition training versus governance transition and training, does it give off an aura of, you know, the leadership is really the more personal side of things and getting to know the business and the owners and the team and the management and what makes them tick and all that. And then the governance side is more about people who don't, traditionally do consulting and project planning, being able to put a plan in place to govern the actual transition and get them to where they're trying to go. Absolutely. And if you think about the M&A scenario, uh, good governance, good procedure, documentation, all of that increases value and increases success. So all of that piece should be hand in hand with the leadership transition. I, I, I couldn't agree more. Great stuff, Jane. Love it. You are a carrier of ridiculous wisdom that people, I really hope you guys are taking notes and listening. This is just very exciting to me. I get a little overstimulated sometimes. I'm sorry. Uh, We're going to take a quick break, but we will be right back with Jane Halford, founder at Halford Consulting out of Alberta, Canada. Stay with us, everyone. Hey, everybody. It's Tommy D, the nonprofit sector connector coming at you from my attic. Each week here on talkradio.nyc, I host a program, Philanthropy and Focus. Nonprofits impact us each and every day, and it's my focus to help them amplify their message and tell their story. Listen each week at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time until 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on talkradio.nyc. In a post-COVID world, you may have many unanswered questions regarding your health. Are you looking to live a healthier lifestyle? Do you have a desire to learn more about mental health and enhance your quality of life? Or do you just want to participate in self-understanding and awareness? I'm Frank R. Harrison, host of Frank About Health, and each Thursday, I will tackle these questions and work to enlighten you. Tune in every Thursday at 5 p.m. on talkradio.nyc, and I will be frank about health to advocate for all of us. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your Conscious Consultant, and on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. Welcome back to Always Friday with me, Stephen Fry, your SMB guy. We are chatting with Jane Halford, founder of Halford Consulting. Some great, great pearls of wisdom 
for those out there looking at potential leadership transition with their SMBs. Uh, like, like we've discussed along the way for both Jane and I, there have been situations where people are under pressure to make certain decisions. Again, not just, uh, Jason from Friday the 13th pounding out your door. It could be a massive stroke at the table that leads to transition immediately. Right. And that's, you know, unpleasant conversation that nobody wants to have. But when it comes to, you know, people's, vision, their success, their income, their employment, their career, all that. You don't want to leave all of that up to chance. You want it to be a planned retirement, a planned succession, a planned transition as much as possible. And when you have somebody like Jane by your side, there's much more of a chance that that's going to happen. I have Jane's contact info in the show notes and up on the screen here for those of you watching out in virtual land. Jane, this is the message part of the show. This is how we bring it home from Weekend Insight to Monday Impact, the sound bites that you could drop on everyone out there. And I, I really want you to run with this because I love everything that you're saying. The biggest thing I could contribute is get help. A lot of times, People will look at something like this if there's a cost associated with it, whether it's upfront or it's project based or it's comes out of the actual money involved in the mergers and acquisitions and of the succession plan of the transaction itself. People get gun shy of spending the money, just like anything else in their business operating expenses daily life. However, it can be some of the best money that you spent, even if we just look at the tax example that I threw out there earlier in the mix. But Jane, what are some pearls of wisdom we can leave everybody with over the weekend while they're having some cocktails? If they're contemplating transition or dealing with it at all on Monday morning, they will give you a call, subscribe to your newsletter, join your virtual community, all of the above, which we will have links for in the show notes. Thanks, Steve. And I would say that if there's one message for the audience is, treat this like a project. It is a big, important project for you. So however you like to do projects at your workplace, you know, set a team. It could be even two or three people. Then decide whether this is a do-it-yourself project where your team is going to do the heavy lifting and move forward. And if so, there's lots of resources in the show notes. We'll have those in there. If you want a little bit of help, you get an advisor. I'd be happy to advise you. And yet your team does most of the work. And if you really want to outsource most of it, happy to do that too. So it depends on how much time you want to take on it, um, how much risk there is involved. And I think that's a big piece, especially if you found a next leader that was hard to find. Maybe that's somebody who bought the business, but maybe it's somebody else who has some unique skills that actually just wants to work with the company. And so really just thinking about you want small, medium or large size of help. And we want to make sure that you take advantage of that because you know, I know I said it earlier, 15 minutes will matter. 15 minutes a week over the time that you have until the person exits and somebody else arrives, it can make a huge difference. And so don't don't sell yourself short or don't sell your business short by missing those 15 minutes. So I think that's a really important one. I, I think the other piece that we haven't talked about is the excitement of the new leader whether that's somebody promoted inside or somebody that's been hired from the outside, it doesn't matter. Uh, folks from the inside need as much support in leadership transition as they do if they come in the outside and people forget that. So I was one of those internal promotions and I needed a lot of help. The new leader has a new person honeymoon. We've all experienced that in our careers. The new leader at your business has the same thing. They can ask more questions. They can you know, reach out to, to new contacts in their network. And the one I love people to think about is when your new leader arrives, what are some of those contacts that just fell away from your business? Maybe it's related to the pandemic. Maybe you just didn't give them enough attention over the last couple of years. Maybe they used to be bigger customers and they've shrunk their business with you. The new leader can reach out and say, hey, I know you've been, uh, you know, related to our company for 20 years, really would love to have a coffee with you, real or virtual. How do we get to know each other? So the new leader can reinvigorate things that have kind of fallen away. And so really wanting to encourage them to, to unleash their magic factor into their new role. Those are a couple and ideas, Steve, but let me let you jump in. I mean, the, the, so good. And, and sometimes, you know, a lot, a lot of that sounded like bringing someone into the organization who might be fresh and new. A lot of times with leadership transition, especially when you're talking about the succession planning piece, it might be somebody who's a seasoned, tenured member of the organization who 
started out as a busboy in a restaurant and now is one of the owners of the company. One of my best friends is, is a story like that in a, in, a re, in a restaurant hospitality and leisure group. But just the idea of the elevation to the leadership position can bring with it a certain energy. It might also bring some resentment, which needs to be navigated. But it's, you know, again, you plant, the more you plan it out, and you can't plan out everything, right? Like even with your professionalism and your experience and the roads that you've traveled and the extreme immense value that you could bring to somebody who's going through transition in business, there's still going to be something like a surprise. You didn't know that the CEO was going to keel over at the table. Yeah, I didn't think the guy was going to walk around with the Kleenex box either. But but it, it's those either kind of twists and turns. So if you plan when the pressure isn't as high then when the pressure gets up or something unexpected happens, you can really take the plan. 80% of the plan will work regardless of the humans that come and go. So that's the gift you give your own business. And, you know, it's a lot of times when we talk about you know, stuff like this, as far as expressing the transition and like to the, to the staff and everything, it's, it seems like a crazy example, but I keep thinking of the Wolf of Wall Street. You know, where, you know how Jordan Belfort loves to get up on the microphone and talk to talk to the staff. Not every business is like that necessarily. A lot of them are, might be afraid of their own shadow. But the more that you know, you can kind of have a united vision as to how everything is going to happen. If there's a sole person that's a hundred percent owner of a business, I get it. If they feel a little bit isolated. But they don't have to like you can they can have somebody like you working with them and how to unite the staff in the transition and how to unite the other organizational leaders. It might be bringing in people from the outside. It might be just recognizing the two or three top dogs out of a 40 person company that can really help everything moving forward. And there's no perfect candidate. We're no. going to hire somebody who's imperfect. So what does that human need to be successful? For me, I needed leadership um, training to actually understand how to influence at a national level. I also needed media training. Within a few weeks of taking the job as a CEO, I had to do a speech in front of a thousand people. I'd never spoke from a stage before. I've got better since then, but I had to survive those moments. And so just being empathetic to your new leader and having that honest conversation is how can I, as somebody else in this business, help you in the areas that you're not familiar with? That conversation is it, on its own can be a game changer. So don't underestimate the uh, importance of even five minute conversations with either the exiting leader or the incoming leader and just find small things that will add up to a big success. There is no perfect anything. There's only progress. There's only evolution. There's learning something new every day. And I love your discussion about the 15 minutes because no matter how packed your schedule is and you know how your Calendly looks or whatever, you always have 15 minutes for this type of very important conversation. And it's one of many reasons why after every episode that I do, I have a 15 minute conversation with the guests that I just interviewed in case any pearls of wisdom came out of the conversation. And today is one that I'm very excited for because I know that there were some pearls of wisdom that came out today from Jane Halford of Halford Consulting. I hope you guys were listening and paying attention. Jane, I really appreciate you taking the time to join me here today. This is something that's been on my mind to talk to you about leadership transition and SMBs for a really long time. So can't thank you enough. Really appreciate you being here. I'm super passionate about it and always willing to have more conversations with business owners about their own transitions. Before I let you go, we're going to revisit the answers that you gave me to my questions, which are, who is your favorite movie or TV show character? What's your favorite movie or TV show? What's your favorite musical instrument? And who's the artist you'd like to hear play it? Jane was not kidding. She does like reality. Her favorite TV show character is Josh Gates from Expedition Unknown, which is not something that I've gotten into yet, but it seems like one that I'd really like. It's about an archaeologist who travels around the world looking for unknown and missing artifacts from throughout time. And it also relates a little bit to, Jane, your world, at least it does to me, because a lot of times when you're talking about transition of you know, either leadership or governance or both, there's a lot of myths involved. So being able to prove or dispel myths, very relatable to the work that you do in my mind. Absolutely. And Josh Gates has a quirky sense of humor, and I love that about him. Quirky sense of humor is great. The, the, if you can get somebody to chuckle just a little bit. Little bit of approval lowers the guard that much more. You said your favorite TV show is 
below deck, and you said you love sailing, so I guess that's not a big surprise, follows the crew of a multi-million dollar charter boat in the Caribbean. So that sounds pretty cool to me. I, I also love sailing. My uh, my, my father uh, is a big waterfront type of guy, so taught me how to sail early on. Uh, when I get a chance, it's, it's usually one of those once a summer things that I end up doing. Absolutely. And I, and I love being the armchair travel uh, guru. So I will watch that show anytime I can get a chance. <laughs> and, you know, a lot of times you're following a multi-million dollar charter boat. You're, you're following people who really want to live life to the fullest, whether they're young and wealthy or they've, they're more vintage and have uh, entered the retirement years. But, hey, you have a successful leadership transition, a successful uh, mergers and acquisitions deal, a good liquidity event, a good plan moving forward, just able to retire that much more and sail around the world if you want. You uh, said your favorite instrument and artist you'd like to hear play. It goes along with your current passion of voice training with Roger Love, American vocal coach based in Los Angeles who's worked with a lot of singers, actors, and public speakers that we've all listened to. He's developed a method, though, for increasing the clarity and confidence when speaking, and that really tugs at my heartstrings, has coached executives and personalities, including Tony Robbins and Tyra Banks. Probably the reason that Bradley Cooper and Lady Gaga won their Grammy, was it? It's it's true, but I love it. Like it's it, You've been doing this actively as of late? Uh, just in the last couple of months, and it is amazing. I'm 50 years old this year. I didn't know how to play my own voice as an instrument. And so I am loving this program. Awesome. Really appreciate you being here once again. Love your passion. Love what you do. Love how you do it. Thank you so much for coming. Thank you. And have a great 2023, everybody. You as well. Coming up next week, like I mentioned earlier, we're going to speak with Renee Van Heel, founder of Pay It Forward Processing, merchant processing for small, medium-sized businesses where every swipe benefits charity. Great concept. Very excited for that conversation. Until then, thank you for joining us on Always Friday. We hope you gain some weekend insight to make a Monday impact. Have a great weekend. We will see you next week, Friday, 11 a.m. Eastern Time, right here on talkradio.myc. Bye-bye, everyone. business owner? Do you want to be a business owner? Do you work with business owners? Hi, I'm Stephen Fry, your small and medium-sized business or SMB guy, and I'm the host of the new show, Always Friday. While I love to have fun on my show, we take those Friday feelings of freedom and clarity to discuss popular topics on the minds of SMBs today. Please join me and my various special guests on Friday at 11 a.m. on talkradio.nyc. on edge hey we live in challenging edgy times so let's lean in i'm sandra bargeman the host of the edge of every day which airs each monday at 7 p.m eastern time on talkradio.nyc tune in live with me and my friends and colleagues as we share stories and perspectives about pushing boundaries and exploring our rough edges that's the edge of every day on mondays at 7 p.m eastern time on talkradio.nyc Are you a small business trying to navigate the COVID-19 related employment laws? Hello, I'm Eric Sauver, employment law business law attorney and host of the new radio show, Employment Law Today. On my show, we'll have guests to discuss the common employment law challenges business owners are facing during these trying times. Tune in on Tuesday evenings from 5 p.m. to 6 p.m. Eastern time on talkradio.nyc. post-COVID world, you may have many unanswered questions regarding your health. Are you looking to live a healthier lifestyle? Do you have a desire to learn more about mental health and enhance your quality of life? Or do you just want to participate in self-understanding and awareness? I'm Frank R. Harrison, host of Frank About Health, and each Thursday, I will tackle these questions and work to enlighten you. Tune in every Thursday at 5 p.m. on talkradio.nyc, and I will be Frank About Health to advocate for all of us. 
passionate about the conversation around racism? Hi, I'm Reverend Dr. TLC, host of the Dismantle Racism Show, which airs every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. Join me and my amazing guests as we discuss ways to uncover, dismantle, and eradicate racism. That's Thursdays at 11 o'clock a.m. on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. 